Hello everybody, welcome back to my basement. What's going on, masters of your own destiny? I hope everybody's doing fantastic. Beautiful day here in New York and beautiful day in my basement. Uh, so I'm very happy to have you back with us. This is a podcast created for everybody out there who is interested in the communication, media, and the arts. We have conversation with those experts in the field. And of course, the people working behind some of your favorite TV shows, movies, uh, plays, brother show, you name it. They are in the basement. I want to thank you, of course, for being with us, but also our partner with WCNY. PBS in Central New York. It's thanks to that partnership that we can come to you every other week. So WCNY, thank you for the trust. Really, I really, really, really appreciate it. Today, of course, we have an excellent expert in the field of acting. He's one of the best actors, new actors, upcoming actors out there, who is actually in one of my new favorite TV shows called The Wheel of Time. If you have not watched The Wheel of Time, please go and watch it. I promise you, you will enjoy this show. And one of the main characters play in this show, the actor who played is in the basement, or in this case, in London, waiting for us, Marcos Redafood is in the house and I cannot wait to have this conversation about not only the wheel of time of course but about acting and rejection and how to prepare your characters and the relationship that directors have with the actors I mean I have so many questions for Marcus that I want to start this new episode from Suarez Basement right away here we go I'm, I'm in a basement in New York. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. I like it. It's got a cool vibe to it. Yeah, you are in London and we can actually, on a Friday morning, just have this conversation, chit-chat about your career and things like that. So, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. No, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. Listen, our podcast is an educational podcast. It's listened by a lot of students who want to be in your shoes in some point in life, right? Mm. Um, and I always want to start a little bit with like kind of uh, going back in time or your childhood or when do you realize, hmm, I think acting is something that I would like to pursue. Yeah, I mean, initially, I mean, I was always transfixed by films. Like it was, I was just always go to the cinema um, with my parents or like it'd be the one thing I'd save up my money for. But I think the first time I realized this was something that I wanted to do or protect is that um, I just, I didn't care what my friends were doing. I know it sounds quite trivial, but I think when you're quite young, you're very, you know, you're very swayed what, your friends are doing whatever and everyone was playing football, soccer, you know, it's pretty much what all my friends are doing. And it was literally just like, I found this thing. We had a few lessons at school. And I think that I've, it was the first time I felt like I wasn't scared to do something. Like, I didn't care what my parents thought, what the teachers thought. And I thought that was something that I had to protect. And then as it carried on, it just has allowed confidence in other aspects of my life. Mm. And um, yeah, it was just something that I just found so freeing. Um, and yeah, I think Please. it's best. It's so first role that you remember playing that you were like, "Ooh, I think I like this." Do you remember in maybe high school, middle school? Like, um, what role did you play? Yeah, I'm a, I went to a, play, a place called the Television Workshop um, in Nottingham, sort of like a, a drama club. It's a very small drama club in Nottingham, but like 
I mean, Bella Ramsey from The Last of Us went there. You've got Ewan Mitchell in House of Dragon. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, all these actors are all over the industry. And we all started in this little basement in Nottingham in the UK. And I remember doing a play there um, and I was playing a role uh, in this sort of far school comedy called Dying For It. And it was just the first time I just felt like this is this is amazing. Like I just, I just the buzz of doing a theatre play at that age with that, that level of people around me mm-hmm. was, um, yeah, was amazing. What is acting for you? Like when we talk about, you know, when I interview, well, many people that are behind the scenes from cinematographers and set designers and production designers, you know, I would like to have a kind of a very easy definition of how you define your job. Like, you know, what is a production designer? What, what is an actor for you? What, what it means to be an actor? I think, um, I think we're almost a sort of like, like mirrors for life, really. We're meant to sort of emit back how, what people are, how people act, how people think and their imaginations. We're essentially vessels for the writing or the work um, to be able to show that. Um, and I think because people have always needed to um, see themselves, you know, for as long as we go back, you know, to the Greeks or whatever, people have always needed to see some sort of reenactment of life. Um, and I think actors are the sort of, the, the tools for that essentially. And I think it's mm-hmm. our job to kind of bring, bring that work to life so people can emote and admit and, and see those things. Well, I'm telling you, I, I, I uh, always say that acting is one of the hardest jobs I ever, I went only one time to a class, uh, acting <laughs> class, and I found it incredibly hard. It, it's just so mm. complicated because it's almost like you have to keep being yourself, but at the same time, you want to play the role or somebody else. It's it's very mm. weird. It's, it's it's very very weird. Very unconventional. It's very hard. I think sometimes people analyze it. Even to the other jobs on set, sometimes people can almost sort of treat it as exactly the same. And of course, all jobs should be respected and all like that. But it's just a very weird animal of a job. It, like the timing and space that sometimes for a performance to come in, and you know, the more I've learned, the more I've realized that things that I might have thought were a bit you know, a little bit deverish or whatever in the past. It's just a particularly interesting job that to kind of allow it, you have to give it time to breathe and to get to sort of capture that sort of almost like a snow globe to capture that, those sort of bits of magic. Um, it is very weird, a very weird job. It is, is, is uh, and, and again, it, it can go in that line where, or you can be very good or you can be very bad. And, you know, it's, it's that line where it, it, you see sometimes, I always say to my students, you have four components, in my opinion. I'm a, I'm a TV junker. And of course, we're going to talk about Wheel of Time because it's one of my favorite shorts uh, that are oh, out there. And this, oh, it's fantastic. It's such a fantasy, but it's, it has so much to do with what we're living in these days, even when we're living mm. in a different way. But we, we talk about that mm. in a little bit. But oh, of course. The, the point is, I say to my students, listen, for me, when I go hook into a show that ho- that show need to have good writing, good acting, good production design, and good post-production, editing, music, mm. things like that, right? Of course. When one of those four elements fell, I'm out. Like mm. I say, if the dragon doesn't look like the dragon, hmm, I don't think I want to watch anymore. Or yeah. if the person who is supposed to be suffering it's suffering way too much and the acting is not there. I'm like, hmm, oh, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So your job is, is incredibly important in the process of visual storytelling. How do you prepare yourself? For example, we can use, of course, Wheel of Time as, a, as an example of it because it's the project that you are more active in these days. But how do mm. you prepare yourself 
to those roles? Like you receive the script, you read it, you try to memorize line, line first. How, how that work in Marcus' world, how you prepare? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if it, it can kind of uh, differ from different um, projects. For Wheel of Time, you've obviously got uh, an expansive range of material already there. Mm -hmm. That's quite that's quite unusual. You've got a vast array of um, source material that you can delve into for your character, which is very helpful. So you've got the scripts, but you've also got the books there. Right. Um, but you, but usually, you know, if it's a contemporary piece or like an original piece of writing. You really just, for me personally, it always helps for me to know what the character is doing before we pick them up on the first scene, the first page. What were they doing before that in terms of a prep and potentially where would they go afterwards? And it's it just sort of establishes, you know, a lived-in character and not something that's sort of a finite piece that, you know, as soon as you first see them on that first scene in a bedroom, on the bus or whatever, you believe that, you know, they were there the day before. And it's uh, something in that. Again, it's so interesting you said about the the other roles. That comes from all the departments. You know, mm -hmm. we've had, on the show that we've had already, we've seen the costume departments change and things like that. And it can help the world look so much more lived in. Like, it looks so much more real. It looks like a village that's been there for 100 years rather than people are wearing those costumes that look a bit new for the day, like the breakdown of the costumes, you know, the visual effect, those things can, um, it, you, without even realizing the audience feel like this is a village or a kingdom or a club, a bar that we could have gone to the day before the day after. And those people would have been there. Mm. And, um, I think that is something that I was thinking about with the characters, like what were they doing before that first page of the script that we found? And, um, and yeah, and you start to just think about their their, their sort of interests and what they'd be doing in between the scenes. I think it's quite. Do you have a, 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 a kind of ritual that you do before R ritual? Mean like I don't know, you breathe or you go for for a run before the scene or anything that help you to prepare for the moment that the director say, okay, action. Uh, anything that you do? I think I think I think the most thing is that sometimes I listen to music. Um, I think I've, I've realized the more I've got into it like 90% of it is relaxation and confidence. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, you can have a vast array of skills from, you know, your drama school or theatre school and all this kind of stuff, which is invaluable. And that's always incredibly helpful to, to be taught all those things. But when the camera's there and you have a whole crew and someone's like, okay, we've got to get this because we need to get that next shot and mm -hmm. time and money and all that kind of stuff, it, you're naturally going to go, whoa, tense up. So it's it's... The idea of just relaxing is some and seeing the older actors who come in on the Wheel of Time, whether it be Faris Faris or uh, Alvaro or, you know, obviously Rosman, watching those people, you know, just take their time in terms of their performance and and shut out all the pressures of what's going on around them. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things. And music for me always helps that. It kind of shuts mm -hmm. out all the kind of the craziness of the set and means that you don't go in feeling you know that the day or you know we could have one hour before sunlight goes down or you know all that kind of stuff you kind of shut out all those things and and you're able to kind of give it the best um right. stab you can well and the other thing is that you could have a bad you know it's, it's that's that's the thing is it's, it's a profession that demands so much of the emotional aspect of the individual because the director will not care if you have or not a bad day as a person, mm, right? Yeah, yeah, Your job 100%. is to rise to action and I don't care if I just yeah. uh, finish, uh, you know, I don't know, have a fight with with, with, with somebody or yeah. I need to be ready for that moment, right? So mm. um, it, 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 for me, that that is what is such a, 
incredibly beautiful of acting is like I don't care what happened in your personal life, but the moment that the director say action, you you need to be in character. You need to be ready to go. And mm, and, that, and that's why I think I was saying it's quite interesting. It can be taught kind of similar to you know we do another take um, if the focus is off or. If you hear a plane or something like that and those jobs you know we can go again go again sometimes if you've got a scene where you're meant to be screaming or crying or whatever and you know you have to go again and go again it's it, it, it there's you know it's taking something you and your energy and your you know that so it's sometimes can be treated as if a job that you can you know you're almost like a robot that you can keep going mm. or do this again or you know come in on this line halfway through the scene or whatever and i think when it goes quite mechanical and quite um that that's when it can be quite tricky because mm. it's 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 a it's a, a job that you know it's quite right. fluid and sometimes mm. it's within the beast of all those other jobs that are of course incredibly just as important um but sometimes it just needs that little bit of extra sort of time yeah. to maneuver itself and um, right. yeah and 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 costumes and you know i always ask this to the other side i mean to the people who does the costumes and the people what is the relationship that you know, uh, the costume have with the actors uh, or the set have with the actors. I'm curious for you as an actor, how important is that moment where you get into costume and or when you go into that old village? Do that help you with the process of, you know, uh, going into character? Uh, you know, I always mention this example, but I remember when I was a kid, um, there was a very old TV show called Zorro. Which was a mm. black. Oh yeah, black. yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my favorite character, my favorite costume, and it wasn't only until I put the costume that I was like, "Oh, I'm freaking Zorro! Like, I'm the mm. guy!" Right? Uh, yeah, it, yeah. That happened to you in that sense that the costumes and the setting help you to bring those characters to life. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Especially, I mean, on in a contemporary setting, like I did something just before with a time where you know it was the first time I. I'd been wearing quite medieval kind of, you know, fantasy clothing for a while. And all of a sudden I was wearing these trainers and jeans and, you know, just the fact that you can put your hands in your pockets, it changes your, your posture and like right. how you can run and, 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 you know what I mean? You've got a jacket that you can put something in, like all these little things help with the character. I think Sharon, who is the, the costume designer on Wheel of Time. I mean, I can't speak highly enough of her. I think I, I hope she gets her plaudits and awards and all that, all that kind of stuff. But she really, understands the characters she understands the character's psychology for, for Perrin mm -hmm. the character I play he's not particularly ostentatious he's quite practical and so the character the, the costumes that he wears is almost as if he's kind of like needed to put something on that's durable it's you know where other characters have something that you know when they walk in the room they kind of want people to look at them and she's understood mm -hmm. stood the psychology of all the characters and I've had I mean I'm not I'll probably say spoilers but I've had a bit of a change in season three like he mm -hmm. goes through you know something mm -hmm. and it meant that for the first time I've had a few costume changes like quite big costume changes and I think um you know, it was almost, and we were trying on these different pieces and things that were, you know, quite big and and, and grand. And I remember, um, I think it was Christopher Nolan talking about like the bat suit or something. It was like, it's, it almost demands a certain performance to fill it. It's so big mm -hmm. and almost, you know, caricatured in a way, you know, when they were doing the screen test, the actors going in, if, you know, they, some of them just didn't look, they almost look silly. Whereas, you know, Christian Bale came with that sort of stands the voice and he almost filled the costume. And I think, um, you sometimes feel like that. You feel like the costume almost like demands a certain level of performance because, and it can sort of help you in that way. And I think if you walk on set and 
you know, in Wheel of Time, you walk on and they built a village, you know, they mm-hmm. built a village and the chimney's going off and there's chickens running around, there's little kids playing and you've got your, you know, someone's, you know, they've got metal workers who've done like the intricate details on your ring that your character might be right. thinking about. Um, so much work is done before you've even said anything, before you've even worked, worked on set. And that's incredibly uh, fortunate position to be in as an actor. You, you feel very lucky that so much work has already been done before you've, you know, right. even said your lines. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, that was that's the beauty of make believe and you know mm. uh, and visual storytelling is it's such a, a team effort, and mm. that's where I fall, I fall in love with with visual storytelling because. I always, of course, use the reference Star Wars when I saw Star Wars for the first time in the movie. Besides being very amazed by the story and everything, I was like, who's behind this? Like, how, how they were able mm. to do this? Like, you know, the costumes and the effects and the music. And the and that's where my passion started to digging into, okay, I want to be sure that I can understand the process of this humongous team effort. Mm. Right, yeah. and, and we're behind yeah. these things. And tell me a little bit now that, of course, I have this opportunity to talk to one of the main actors in one of my favorite TV shows in these days. I finished all the seasons. I'm waiting for season three. But um, <laughs> because you're an actor, because you read the scripts, because you're involved in the process of storytelling, the question can be a little philosophical. But what is for you the story, the real story of Wheel of Time? In your own words, what is Wheel of Time really about? I think Wheel of Time is um, it's essentially about a group of young um, people, young, young young adults from a very isolated, remote village who've kind of realised that essentially the whole pattern of the life they live follows the same sort of like turning of the wheel, but it follows the same sort of pattern in each age. Um, and they start to kind of realize that each individually they're kind of woven into this pattern, um, whether they sort of like it or not. They, they're sort of essential part of this sort of prophecy. And um, and they each individually have to sort of decide how they navigate through that journey. And I think, in you know, in and amongst all the creatures, the visual effects and magic, it's essentially like a coming of age story about mm-hmm. these, 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 these young adults and how they navigate. Um, the world outside their sort of secluded village that they grew up in in the mountains and I think um, you know there's there's especially I mean I'll, 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 I'll spill everything about season three I've got <laughs> I've got to be careful but I think um, there's been there's been so much particularly this season that is so human in the storytelling and something that is so um, you know and of course that I think the visual effects is getting better and better each mm-hmm. season I think that's so that was something that I think they were very keen to kind of uh, develop because it's so integral to the story but I think in and amongst that you have real people and you have mm-hmm. real people um, who you know want to protect their community or want to go over there who want to see something who want to help people and I think I think that's why the books have resonated with people so much um, that there's there's always a character you can relate to the most I think that's what I love when we do junkets and stuff there's people who love Matt there's people who like Perrin people who love Nynaeve there's like Nynaeve reminds them of their daughter or Moraine or Latch I mean there's there's such a plethora of characters that um are beautifully written and um it's so expansive as well it's so in depth um my character Perrin who's particularly internal and, and quite um introverted um 
he he has whole chapters where Robert Jordan just describes kind of what's going on in his head. And that, that's obviously been a little bit tricky how we develop that on the screen. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's so rich in its understanding of different people who have different personality traits and how they, you know, yin and yang together. And I think right. um, that's been amazing, particularly in this for season three. Um, it's been amazing seeing characters, new characters come in. It's been amazing. And I think is that is that something uh, you know? Besides, yes, I do agree. Is a is a is a show about coming of age and and these these uh, young individuals who have been kind of forced to take responsibility mm. for this prophecy that uh, probably would say I'm I'm out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody like, else, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, I'll stay. I'll stay yeah. home. I'll just be like a blacksmith for a bit. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> right. Literally. But yeah. it is also a story about a society or a universe where we still, you know, even in these days, it, 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 the idea of the force between the good and the bad and the evil and the, and the mm. you know, is is this who who control what? Right. Uh, mm. I think that is a, a very. I think it's a, a line actually in this season where the bad guy uh, says something like, mm, let me see if I remember a little bit, but he says something like evil is there also to balance good. We cannot live mm. without that that yeah. you know, process yeah. of back and forth. Um, mm. And sometimes when I watch the news in these days, I, I do the comparison. Say, well, it doesn't—it doesn't seem to be too different of what is happening in real no, time. No, hundred percent. I think I think that's sort of the key in the semantics of the language in the books. It's like by definition, to have good, there must be bad, and to have light, there must be dark. And 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 I think um, that is. You know, and it's really hard sometimes, you know, when you're in the show, you don't want to be like, you know, it's applicable to contemporary issues and mm-hmm. stuff like that because, mm-hmm. you know, it can always be a bit insensitive. But I think it's it it feels relevant in terms of some of the story, some storytelling and the idea that especially where they have this vast array of different cultures who seem to clash and don't understand each other and the idea of um, difference and the, the diversity of different ways of living, you know, mm-hmm. essentially women who channel in the books um they're they're known as different things all around the world in in our universe and how they use them in season two you saw the sun chan almost right. like enslave enslave them and and use their power whereas in other you know the in the two rivers it was almost like a wisdom you know this mm. sort of like you know shaman like character um and i think that's so beautiful to show like you know there's how you know universally that the same things are happening all over the world but how history and culture can adopt it into different ways and i think um, that's applicable in so many ways when i look at what's you know going on um today yeah and marcus um physically your job is also very demanding i mean you don't only need well i want to ask you very how easy is for you to learn lines so learn lines. Um, yeah, it's 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 all right, man. I'm not too okay. bad. I'll be honest. I, I got I got quite lucky. I wasn't really talking that much at the start. Like I got quite <laughs> lucky with with my <laughs> character. It, it was it was quite you know. I got I really got good down quite a pensive stare. I kind of was nailing mm-hmm. that. And then as we've gone into season two, and then season three, I'm sort of yeah, I'm talking more than ever. More ever. than ever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's I've been a bit like oh, getting the scripts like wow, right, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's good, man. I think I think okay. it's always quite. Good sign of good dialogue when it sort of like flows in 
to your do, jihad quite easily. Do you have chance to improvise a little bit in the process of, you know, of course you have a director who is giving you the, the cues and things like that, but I, I'm, I'm guessing, or I'm guessing no, like I want to know, like if in some point you have a little bit of wiggle room to play with the scene and, and bring to the scene mm. something that maybe wasn't described or yeah. wasn't part of the dialogue? I think, yeah, and I think particularly as we're growing with the characters, I think the directors, writers, and producers are sort of trusting us that we know these characters kind of more than anyone now. I think on a big machine, like a big Amazon machine like this, it has to, the day has to keep moving. You know, if you go over by a certain amount of time, that you know, there's cut. So it's a little bit different. You know, I did an indie film just before and, you know, the director sometimes would come up and be like, yeah, so what do we, you know, what do we think? Do you think you should just go? Like, sometimes there isn't as much time for, for all of that just because, you know, there's so you've got horses, you've got kids, you've got fire going on or whatever. You don't have the time to sort of delve into everything. But I think, um, yeah, you can, you can play around with bits, which I think is, as the characters have grown, I think all of us sort of actors who started are finding so much more freedom to kind of like, speak how perhaps we think they would say that line or like they would add in this or like actually I think I'm going to start the scene here and we're getting more confident in those decisions which is lovely and how about the rehearsal for physical aspect because again you you well all of you as main characters mm. uh, are always in a fight or or you know like mm. so how you prepare for that do you have I mean, I'm assuming you have rehearsals choreography to in order to put you there yeah yeah so you have a lot of stunt stunt rehearsals um And uh, yeah, they, they put you through it, man. And the stunt team out in Prague are, are incredible. You know, they've worked on Dune, like Marvel stuff. Like they're, they're amazing. And um, uh, yeah, and you just have a certain amount of rehearsals um, and you kind of break it down and then you can kind of go. Obviously big, there's big variables like the costume will change it. And then the actual like set, sometimes you get on and you're fighting somewhere in a forge or whatever and actually like, once the camera guy's in and the boom guy that you actually you don't have much space right. to kind of like do it and i think um yeah i think again particularly in season two and especially in season three that the action has played a a, a huge a huge part in um in the storytelling and, uh, and there's been really meticulous planning um for each thing and i think the director and the dp um have to go and sort of plan it out um perfectly and, the, and mm. the better planned the better better planned it is the better chaos is created on screen i think that's something that i've really realized the more mm. time that goes into you know all the elements of it you know whether it's the background artist whether it's the the, the building burning or whatever all those the, the finer details create that chaos um that the audience see and i think um yeah i think the show is getting better about each season like that okay well marcos Thank you so much. I wish you only the best. I will be looking forward uh, to season three of Wheel of Time. Uh, I, at some time, the, the, the issue is that I'm so in love with the shows, but the time between seasons yeah. is so long. I'm like, no, Come we on. need to sort it out. We need to sort it out. But I think um, I'll be right, like, I, I, yeah, again, I'll, I'll, my mouth, I'll just stop dropping everything. But I think um, I think it's it will be worth wait i think hopefully it's not too long i don't think it will be hopefully, hopefully it's not no. as long before. I mean, it, but um i think the jump that people saw from season two i think i think it's carrying on in that trajectory and i think um yeah i think it's just getting better and better really so i'm, I'm very excited um for particularly for perrin but for all the characters i think there's, I, uh, there's uh, a yeah, lot of right. well i'm excited too and i think it's going to be a fantastic season uh of course mm. i buy 
all our audience uh, to go and find Wheel of Time. Uh, uh, you know, if you want to watch a show that have those four four important elements of good acting, writing, production design, of course, and editing, that's a show to mm -hmm. watch. So look for it. Uh, season two is already out. So if you're not watching it yet, go to season one and then season two. Uh, Marcus, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, man. Amazing, man. Talk Amazing. To you All soon. the best. Bye. Have Take a lovely care. day. You too. Bye.